Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. These people live by the sun, by the wind, by the seasons, by the rain, the amount of rain. So, like, uh, there's a huge festival for strawberries here called Festa Frauli, and Frauli is a strawberry. And the whole island comes to celebrate this one day at Festa Frauli. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. Gina Cavalier here at The Liberated Healer. And today we have Emily A. Francis on. She's an author. She has several books out. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hey. So, uh, yes, you have this amazing healing background and podcast and um you have this crazy journey and this new book the taste of joy which we're going to get into but you did something crazy during the pandemic with your family what did you do so i mean i had wanted to move for a really long time um and i had two main reasons one was i wanted to live in a place that was gmo free across the board a gmo free country for my children mostly and then um, I wanted to go to a place where I could put my children in school and not be terrified, absolutely terrified, that they're not going to come home. So um, when Malta came on the map, because my husband's company afforded us this opportunity, his boss is who made it happen. So when it came up and like, okay, do you want to move to Malta? We packed up, we sold our house, we sold our cars, we sold half of everything we own. We packed up three dogs and a cat, two kids, and flew during the pandemic and lockdown. We were the last people to enter the island of Malta before they closed the gate to the rest of the world. We went to a home that we picked from a, a realtor via internet that our boss had gotten for us, but, but through videos we had never visited and we showed up ready to tackle a new life. And the, the kicker for me was I've been in body work for 20 years and I'm not allowed to work over here. I don't have a work visa, so I cannot take a penny. So since I've been here, I was the school bus chaperone for a year with my kids. I now write for the local tourism column a magazine that goes to 65,000 print issues and it goes to video. We come with a camera crew and we interview local farmers, fishermen and chefs about the way that local foods are grown and harvested. And I've changed my entire life. And it honestly, you know, when you pray and you dream about whatever is your biggest dream life. This so far exceeds it that I'm glad I didn't limit the potential. That's it. That's me. Yeah, and I love that. So I, a lot of people are talking about moving after the pandemic because they started to just see where it, um, and I actually moved too, but I moved back. So okay. um, you talked a lot about the land feeling like when you got there, you, you read it in another book where it was like your friend went to Colorado and they were saying, this is my soul. And you're like, oh, I don't feel that. And that you do feel that here. I'd like to just mention that because, you know, when you find your soul home where um, 
your body is grounded. And I did the move too. And I went the, I did the opposite. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel like home to me, but I moved back nine months later. But that's okay because I still, I've done that. From where I was in Montana, so I, I, you know, worked with the mountains and the energy, but then I just said, not, you know, no, and went home. But you now you're into the culture. Yes. Yeah, I've done that. I have, I have definitely moved other places, especially when I was single. It honestly, even though it was terrifying to move with a whole family, cause there's more on the line, yeah. you had your support system. So you yeah. knew, even if it was terrible, you had all your favorite people and your pets. You know, I didn't leave anybody. I left my mom and I was heartbroken for that, but I didn't leave anybody in my home. My husband didn't make me choose which animals to bring. We have four animals and they all came and they're big. They're two big dogs, one Corgi and then one cat. And, and we did it, but it, I've done it before where I tried and it didn't work. And this one, this was like really kind of fairy tale esque, but yeah. it also was me because of the fact that I'm not allowed to get paid. You cannot imagine, and it's incredibly privileged, and I am aware of that, okay? So as I say all this, I really realize how much this would make people angry. But you cannot imagine how much more fun it is to work, because I work my butt off. I was just at a winery two hours ago doing a two-hour-long interview for the magazine. I work all the time. I'm chasing these people down. I'm going with camera crews and interviewing, writing the uh, articles and following up. And then I go to their homes with my family so they can meet my family and bring the magazine. I have cultivated a life here that was really um, incredibly difficult and wonderful. But when you don't have to negotiate your worth in dollar signs, the freedom that opens from that, because it's like, okay, well, what do I like to do? What else do I do in my life? I'm no longer in body work. And I actually have been on this wellness show here over 30 times in three seasons. So I still teach about stretching and the muscles and the body, but my... My, so I've been really busy over here because everybody's excited to have someone who's saying, look, I just want to do it because I love it. I want to learn from you. Don't let's not talk about money. You know, people over here are like, yeah, come on. <laughs> you know? So it's been cool. cool. There's a big. So there's also Malta has an energetic field underneath in the earth. And from my teachings and background, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard this is why I'm going to ask you is. Um, that is where the original Atlantis was. I just told my husband that last week that I thought that. Yeah, I've never heard it. I yeah, literally you know, said, what it, if that's where it that is? That was kind of big and it, it's true, but the part, the Mediterranean, exactly where you are is where deep down inside where that's where all of the wreckage is. If you, they still haven't found any of it, but the energy is there. So if you have a connection with that kind of energy, you, when you go to Malta, feel you feel really feel, feel it. it. And you, you obviously just stepped right in and built a community. And what I love is you talk about diet and culture, creating healthier, happier people. So um, tell me a little bit about, so you got the taste of joy and a little bit about what this book is and what it does. You say it's not a cookbook, but there's a lot of amazing recipes in every chapter. Yes. And I, I have the word. Yeah. What's the word about the, the, the book, The Joy of Cooking, and what's in here? Okay. So here's what I love. Diet culture does not exist here. So the Mediterranean diet is a American term that we use to describe really healthy people that live here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So nobody here has the conversation of we're on a diet, we're restricting. Restricting doesn't live here. 
So they are joyful when they eat, but they eat long extended meals. They pour that olive oil on. They're not measuring. They're not feeling guilty. I cook with olive oil. I do everything with olive oil now. Um, there's very, even when you go to a restaurant, there's little packets of olive oil. That's what they put in the salads are bare. And then they give you little packets of olive oil if you want it. Um, the, the Mediterranean diet, if you will, is that we eat locally grown. We eat seasonal. It's much more mindful because of it. So when things are in season, you get really excited because it's in season and the ripeness is different than when you pull it in from Ecuador and then eat it across the world, because that means it came off the branch raw very, very tart, and then hopefully gets ripe on the way. And mm. so here you're, you're pulling right off the, the branch or vine, and it, the taste is very, very different. Now, to be honest, I had to backtrack my taste buds and help them simplify out a little bit because the American food is always dosed with all these extra flavors, this super coloring and super flavors. And gosh, I wish I had my Tic Tacs in front of me. So, you know, in America, I love Tic Tacs and I love the orange ones. In America, they're painted orange. In Malta and in Europe, they're white and the box is painted orange, mm. not the candy, because those colors are illegal in Europe because they're toxic. So those red and blue dyes and all that junk, it's not used here. So that that super bright color, like my sister brought this um, airhead, that candy for my kids. My kids are like, bring us airheads. And we pulled open this ugly green and this wild blue. And I could not believe now that it's been almost three years. I'm looking at these colors and I'm like, ah, this is disgusting. But but I had to go through a, a period of, okay, does this taste good? Because it tastes a little bit bland because it's not soaked in all these extra preservatives. So lemon zest is my best friend. Yep. Orange zest is my best friend. And the, the other thing, I'm a chocolate girl. Like, <laughs> if you give me dessert, it better have chocolate. But over here, what my husband and I both have learned to our interest is that the citric fruit, vegetable uh, uh, desserts, the lime and the lemon and the orange are by far more flavorful and more fun in your mouth than the chocolate desserts. Oh, and absolutely. When you get a healthier diet and, you know, you, you pull out the sugar and you start to do your sugar craving, you say, you know what, instead of us, I want to go to some you know, cookie or something loaded with sugar or cake or whatever. And you go and you just make a nice dessert with some fresh fruit or something. It's just your taste buds change. And then you Thank go you. that sugar in and then you also feel like whoop, you're bleeding a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I understand it. Now, and one of the things they make over here and the recipe is in the book is coconut balls. They're tiny little like the size of a golf ball maybe or a little smaller. Make them in full. Because they're crushed tea biscuits and cocoa powder um, and just a co coconut shred and not much. And they roll them up in a ball and then they have lots of different toppings. But when you go to any cafe, they have several different coconut balls to choose from or some with no coconut. So some that are rolled in cocoa powder, but they're small. So they fit the, the true sweet profile, but you're not thickened, you know. So it's it's little things. But honestly, the Mediterranean diet over here is to enjoy. So. The Greeks, who I love, I love the Greeks so much. What they always say at the bottom of the salad bowl, you drop your bread into that olive oil and herbs at the bottom and you soak that bread up so that you get every last bite. When they come over with their Greek yogurt at the store, you have full fat, low fat, fat free. A Greek person is not showing up with a low fat or a fat free. It is not happening. Nope. They've got the full fat. They're making the tzatziki. 
They're going for it because it's healthier, because it's purer, and they haven't added these things to take away. So I just like the way, I like the way that it's not a focus on our weight or restrictions. And I think the Mediterranean diet is such a coined phrase to Americans, but it's honestly, it's kind of a shame because the Mediterranean diet here would be your approach to life and food and love and happiness, which is joy. Yeah. And food is so much a part of every one of our daily lives. And if we can keep funneling that temple with positive, uh, with local grown, you know, with farmers that were passionate about their, I mean, I watched some videos he did with one of the farmers growing watermelon, which is like one of my favorite thing in the world, you know, and he was talking about how their watermelons have seeds. They don't have, they're not all GMO. And, you know, you get so used to the grocery stores here, you know, California, and you forget that, you know, you just, you see a watermelon, you pick it up and you want to eat it, but you forget where did it come from? The farmer is a GMO, where is it? And, you know, what are we putting in your body? And what did not think about that every moment? I can see that it almost was your well And now you got to like, it's children. Your children are pulling this out. Yes. Because the breads, okay, so the breads here go stale in two days because there's no preservatives. So you got to buy bread. A lot of these farmers buy their bread. It's so cute. The bakers load up their van and they drive through the streets of all their farmer friends and the bread for a whole loaf is one euro. So my friend in the fishing village stands outside. I stand with her and she orders one four pack of buns, one pack of the loaf bread and pulls out her two euro coins and then they leave. And she does this every single day because the bread is made from scratch and it's a completely different approach. But you have to, so like you grocery shop with much smaller bags. My refrigerator looked like a college dorm refrigerator when I moved in. And I thought, are you kidding? This is it? This is our refrigerator? I left America with this double door, you know, tons of storage. And now it's like, wow, I I really can't buy a lot of things. So you have to plan and think, what am I going to make to eat today, tomorrow, and maybe stretch it out day three? And then by day three, certainly by day four, you're back to the store. So your purpose is different. And what we do, you know, a lot of people do here is they just load up that grocery cart for a week and a lot of that stuff has preservatives in it because it, you know, the whole process of going and picking out your food every day, I do that myself now and it's a very European style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, what do I want to eat today? And, you know, you get your, your cheeses and your avocados that are fresh and things like that. And, you, yeah, it's, a, it's, and it's more of a conscious way to eat, I think. It, it, it makes mindful eating totally a different conversation. Now, I want to sidestep for a second because imagine a world like this. Uh, pharmaceutical commercials are illegal here. Illegal. You see none. Uh, when you go to the pharmacy and you need to get medicine, it's like five euros. Like, I thought they were kidding. I started, I was like, are you, are you sure you have my prescription? Uh, this is a joke because I didn't even show you an insurance card. And they're like, no, we're socialized. We were brainwashed into thinking socialized medicine was somehow bad. And I have to tell you, it is freaking awesome. It is amazing to go to the hospital. My daughter had a bead lodged in her ear, right by her eardrum. She's older. She doesn't do this. I think she was like making a bracelet in her bed and went to sleep. And I think it got stuck. And it was there for a while because it didn't even hurt. And we went to the doctor for something else. And the doctor said, oh, hold on, sweet. Hold on. Let me just double check everything. And then he says, hey, mom, come stand behind me. And he starts joking. He goes, so how long have you been sticking things in your ear? And my daughter's like, what? And I'm like, what is he 
doing? And he goes, mom, come stand behind me. And all of a sudden he's got this light and there's this silver bead. And he's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You only get one shot to do this right. So I'm going to send you to the hospital because I don't want to mess it up. So you're going to get a pediatric ENT. They're already there. Go get it. And so we went. And then the pediatric ENT had me hold her in my lap. She reached in, pulled it out, put it in an envelope so she could take it to her teacher. Easy peasy. 20 minutes tops, right? And I'm like, okay, where do I have to sign everything out and pay? And she's like, no, darling, you're done. You're done. Uh, yeah. And you don't even like sign things. You're like, okay, see ya. And you're just, I mean, in my mind, I was like, am I stealing? Am I a thief? This feels too good to be true. <laughs> and, and their word for sweetie here is poopa. So it's like, no, poopa, you're done. You're done. Go, go. Poopa. You know, <laughs> you, you think you're going to eventually get a visa or, or you're not even going to try? Or... Oh, God, yes, I'm trying. I'm halfway in. So it okay. goes one year, three years, one year, and we're halfway through our three year. Okay. So what else can you tell us about your book? Or to, I mean, you were talking about how they have two different kinds of almonds. I mean, yeah. you want some more juicy stuff about the food yeah. there. Okay. Um, so the almonds. There's two kinds of almonds in Malta. And it's really cool because almonds grow along the side of the road pretty much everywhere, which is just too cool for school. But my gardener, he was like, you know, we only have two kinds of almonds. One that tastes fantastic, delicious, sweet. One that tastes rancid and disgusting, throw it away. I said, okay, well, I have an almond tree. Hangs over my yard. I said, okay, what's mine? He said, don't know. You have to eat it to find out. They don't smell different. They don't look different. There's no distinguishing factor. You just have to take a bite and figure it out. And at first it was like, well, that's kind of a stink. And then it was like, that's kind of a cool way to look at life. You know, you don't know. You don't know if the path you're choosing is really delicious or totally rancid until you're deep enough in it. It's not just looking at it and going, oh, this place is terrible. I'm done. It's not these red, you know, red lights and green flags. It's deeper. And so you have to go into a path. If you're going to make a real change, go deep into the path and then decide, is this a way that I can make it delicious or is it rancid and it's time to throw it out and turn or pick a different way? There's a lot of things with food here that's, that's that way. And it's because I've spent more than two years with these farmers, all different farmers for different foods. And I'm like a stalker. I mean, for, for like, there's a fish here called lampuki, which is baby mahi-mahi in the States. But they migrate here first before they make it to America. The Lampuki interview is one of the most coveted interviews on the island because the fishermen begin three months ahead in preparation. Three months. They work. They bring people out. They're wrapping. They're doing this netting and they're wrapping these palm leaves. And then they take what's called jablo. If you haven't watched that video interview, it's fantastic. They take this um, recycled water, things that float. So like laundry detergent, water bottles. And they wrap them like a present, wrap it with twine, and then palm leaves. And then when they finally set out to sea to go for Lampuki, they drop the anchors. They, they actually drill holes into these huge stones, and they, the, rope, the stones rope the area. Because by the government, you have your parking spot in the sea of where you're allowed to fish for Lampuki. It's major. Okay. So the Lampuki comes and hides under the palm leaves for shade. Mm -hmm. When the, the lampuki now is under the boat hiding, they pull up the net, and now you have lampuki. You have men on the side of the road selling lampuki. You you have people with songs, hey, lampuki, lampuki, you know, it's like wild for like six weeks. <laughs> it's like this huge thing, but nobody wants to do an interview on it. So my editor, 
she works for like Malta Today, Media Today, one of the big outlets. It owns my little tourism magazine that I don't own. Um, and I said, I want to do Lampuki. She said, yeah, we've been trying for two years. You're not going to get it. And I was like, okay, you don't know me. I went down to Marsa Schlock every day for two weeks, walking up and down, trying to meet any fisherman that would speak to me. Finally, we get a yes from a fisherman. We show up with our camera crew and he is not there. And the editor's like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? We're going to go home. And I'm like, I'm going home. You have the cameraman here. There's other men here. I'm doing this interview. So the men on this big boat start whistling at my editor. She's in her 20s. And I'm like, come on, girl, let's show you how it's done. So I make her go up and meet these guys. And with them was one woman, Natasha. She's all in my book. Natasha is my favorite human. She is my favorite. And she made the interview happen with her father, who is one of the Lutsu boats, which is the traditional Maltese by the, by the string. Okay. It's line fishing. So Venunzio wow. uh, allowed us to get onto the Lutsu and see the Lampuki arrive to shore. And we are the only people still that have gotten that coveted interview. And I visit Natasha every couple of weeks. Uh, I bring their family special cake balls and little treats. And I just love them. They're just the kindest, most wonderful people. But it all stemmed from learning about Lampuki. And it's such a light fish. And it's beautiful. It's really shiny and gorgeous. And it's such a celebration on the island. But it only migrates for a few weeks. Although this year, because of how hot it's been with climate change, it actually went all the way through January. So the government had to change the parking and the Lampuki season three, wow. three, three, three or five weeks longer. Wow. So it's, I mean, but, but you got to think, these people live by the sun, by the wind, by the season, by the rain, the amount of rain. So... Like uh, there's a huge festival for strawberries here called Festa Frauli, and Frauli is a strawberry. And the whole island comes to celebrate this one day at Festa Frauli. Students make artwork all over the town. The big, huge church in the town, the town council, they pay for everything. The strawberry, everything. Strawberry liqueur, strawberry sangria, strawberry wine, strawberry sorbet, strawberry cakes, oh. and all kinds of food. The world goes nuts for Festa Frauli. But they don't even know the date anymore. They don't even know the month anymore because it all depends on how much heat and how much rain. So they wait until they know that the strawberries are going to be at their ripest. And then they call the church and the local council and they set the date. So only just a few weeks. So the whole town, the whole country is like on the ready. All right. That's the problem. That's the problem. It might be May, might be April. We're going. And they just, they drop everything. I couldn't believe how crowded. I couldn't believe it. It's amazing. How beautiful. I, you know, and it, that's why I love this show, talking to people like you as well about it's just kind of revisiting other people's culture and where their joy is and where maybe you can find where, you know, you can curate that kind of joy in your own home anywhere. You know, it does, you know, that is a culture in a country and it's easier when it is around you. But that doesn't mean true. that's uh, as well. That's absolutely true. Parts of that and, uh, you know, and I also love the seasonality of, you know, understanding because I still don't know what comes into season. I just go and buy the things, right? But I think I would love to try that out just even in our, my region or wherever people are listening in their region. And there is like a relationship with the expectation of new fruits coming in and honoring the trees that made them. Because, you know, what kills me here is when I see a big, beautiful, like, orange tree and none of the orange have been used. 
and they're just sitting in someone's corner in their lot and they're just sitting there going, please, they work so hard to make these beautiful things. And they grow every other year. So all these fruit trees, they produce every other year. So these orange trees that have said, please, please, I've worked so hard, they mean it because because they didn't make it and they're not going to make it again next year. So you have to wait for their big time to show. But that's, um, you know, it's just incredible because you can make some of this in your area. You can find local farmers. You can go to the farmer's markets, but also not just the farmer's market. Find out who grows them. Go to some of those community trade. Go to, there are people around the world that are so in tune with their life. And what I love here, there's no Amazon here. There's no Target. There's no Walmart. There's no CVS Pharmacy. There's no Walgreens. It is a, my friend said to me, she's from Brazil. She goes, you know why we love it here? I said, why? And she goes, because we're living in the 1980s. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. They don't even have voicemail. You cannot even call and leave somebody a message. It just rings until it hits a busy. And then you have to like WhatsApp them or wait for them to call you back because there's no message. It's it's such a different. So it took a lot of getting used to, um, but it made me simplify. So if I were to say, yeah, how do you do that in your house? It's not just every Wednesday I'm going to meditate or I'm going to open up. You can do one thing, but do it all the time. So if you're going to go seasonal, learn your farmers, meet them, see what it is, do it and follow it. So what is the healing culture like there? Are they into meditation and things like that? It is nothing like American healing culture. And I will be honest, I miss the American healing culture because you had so much more to choose from. And Malta is 98% Catholic, 98%. Um, And that's okay because their meditation is more the rosary. But their, their kind of Catholic is nothing like American Catholic, nothing. It is all like, you do you. <laughs> I don't need to know if you went to church. Your church is slated by your zip code. Nobody's trying to bring you to church and introduce you. Nobody asks if you went to church. Nobody is into your business. So it's very independent and personal and very non-judgmental. So I love that because it makes me go closer to my faith and to my spirituality because nobody's standing over my shoulder watching or judging. And it was part of the living in the South in America that made life Make, it made me feel like I was living in a box trying to hold my breath and trying to get along well enough that my children could be accepted and be a spiritual. Well, they're, well, they're open to other healing modalities if it's around. They don't. They are definitely open. It's interesting. They're a lot more supportive of the LGBTQ community huh. over here, which is fascinating to me. Being 98% Catholic, they are much more considerate and supportive. Much. You don't see that hate over here at all. So it's like, uh, you know, you're my friend, you're my neighbor, I love you. I, I don't have any business. You're not in my bed. I don't need to change you, convert you, judge you. This is, it's just totally different. So people here are really uh, present. They're very present, especially these older, there's such an older population. So even my, like my mom, who's in her 70s, came and she's like, how are there so many old men? How <laughs> are so many old men? So many. And, and the, the, Standard of living goes 10 years longer than the United States. 10 years as their regular act of living. Yeah. And you said the word present, and that's kind of what I was feeling too. So if you're present, you know, enjoying the fruits and the daily life and the weather and the treat, like, you know, and somebody has a preference of their life, you ain't got time to worry about it. You know what I mean? 
present. They are not in it. They are present and they love. They're really neighborly. I mean, I can't believe how many of my neighbors I'm friends with. That is not the case where I moved from. I yeah. cannot even tell you. I Yesterday, I went walking with my older neighbor from the Netherlands. We went for a walk. We went for coffee. We had a great time. You know, I had a party with four other families this weekend, and it was one is a Russian family, one's from Brazil, one's from Italy, one's from Greece, one's from Malta. You know, really incredible to have this different, but it also opened me up and it opened my children up because I, in America, you have a hodgepodge, but they all live in their own buckets. Yeah. They all climb into their own soup bowl and stay with the Indians and they stay with the Chinese and they stay with, you know, the Russians. And here you're meeting everybody and you're saying, okay, I don't actually care where you come from. Are you good people? Because if you're fun, you're invited. Yeah. But if you're going to come in and bring politics, you're going to have to go. <laughs> yeah. And if you, yeah, like I was saying, if, you, if you're kind of in present, I think people that are focused too much in the future, they're afraid of LGBTQ and things like that because it's all about control. They don't want things to take over their ideology. But yes. if you don't have that, you don't have to worry about that stuff. No, it's fantastic. And it is amazing because it's what I, what I now look at the American Catholic, because I was Catholic in America at the end for my children. We found this homeschool Catholic hybrid something. And I felt like everybody just played keeping up with the Joneses Catholic edition. And I feel like I needed to do it to prepare to move here. But yeah. then I could drop all my pretenses when I got here because people are like, what are you doing? We don't do any of that. You don't need that. I mean, like they they come through with olive leaves and waft it through the house to break mm -hmm. curses. But they don't say, well, we go to mass on Christmas. Like they don't say you have to go every week. I had my house blessed. We got in the mail. Do you want the priest to come and bless your house? We're going through the neighborhood. And you yes. say yes or no. So he came in and he gave us this beautiful card with the prayer. He held my kids and me and my husband and we all held hands. He gave this wonderful prayer. He walked through the house with the holy water. And then he said, hey, we'd love to see you sometime. And love that was it. And we've had no phone calls and no letters and no things in our mailbox, no people at the door, you know. And that makes me go, hey, maybe I do want to know more. I, I'm sitting right here with my holy water from Lord's France. Because I am a very spiritual person and I love that, but I don't like to be dictated. And I definitely don't like to feel belittled or judged. And over here, it just doesn't work that way. So it's like the keeping up with the Joneses. They don't live over. There's no Jones over here. I love it. I mean, we're, people want to come just for the olive oil, okay? No. Ooh, the, don't even get me started, girl. The olive oil is the bomb. Uh -huh. It is the bomb. It is I so difficult. It's the little version of it with your book that'd be like wrapped around. Would be so you know what? It's true. And I really wish I could sell some of the salt with it too, because the gozo oh. sea salt is so great. Well, sea salt, you know, I've had people always show doctors, you know, it, you have to have sea salt. Do not use general table salt, people. Yeah. It has no uh, good no nutritional values. The it's only just, thing it has nutritional is iodine, which you can get yeah. in all kinds of other places. You yes. don't need to do it with your salt. <laughs> yep. Get some sea salt, Celtic sea salt or whatever. And there's a lot in Malta. And, you know, I, well, we really enjoyed the, Thank you to Llewellyn Publishing for, you know, getting this book out uh, with Emily Francis and The Taste of Joy. And, you know, it's really nice to hear someone who has had a, an amazing positive experience going to, a whole, you know, another country and bringing their whole family. And, you know, I love the culture and, you know, waking us up to other potential and it's always just a great story i'll just show you one quick picture this is the lutsu 
This is the thing when you have the evil eye on both sides to keep you protected. Wow. Always on every boat, on every boat, always, always the evil eye. Uh, and this is, this is the traditional Maltese fishing boat, the Lutsu. I feel like you're going to have to have like a tourism, uh, cause I'm coming with my family. Love to see you one day. I'm here. I'll take you. I feel like you're going to be doing some kind of uh, thing like that. I hope so. I really do. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. Wonderful to see you. Emily Francis, guys. The taste and joy. Everything is linked below. Her site, her videos, where to find the book. Thanks again. Thanks, Llewellyn. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support.